Hey, Anna, you're a big fan of animals of all kinds, right? Uh, yeah. The furrier, the better, or the smaller, the better, the larger, the better. What's your preference? Uh, fur and cute ears is all right. like bears and his little rounded ears. Oh, you know, like little like like hippos, like their their ears kind of flat. Anyway, whatever. Why are you asking? Well, then I guess that goes against what I'm going to talk about because no. there was a mission where they sent some creatures around the moon. This is 1968. Soviet Union launched a mission called Zond Five that went around the moon and then splashed back down into Earth and in the Pacific Ocean. So on this mission, there were two tortoises. Oh. So they can be two, cute. Two living creatures went around the moon before humans ever did. They did the test flight. On the Zond 5 mission also were fruit fly eggs, Ew. cells of wheat, barley, pea, pine, carrots, and tomatoes, and wildflower species, all of which were recovered as they made it around the moon and back to Earth again. So the turtles were okay. The I don't turtles, care about the wheat pollen or whatever you call I don't know what you said, but yeah. The tortoises were okay. They had lost the uh, some weight because they weren't able to eat too much while they were up there. Aww. But they also had a, a, a control group of tortoises that were also left on Earth, and they lost the same amount of weight. So the space travel did not affect the tortoises uh, in any significant way, and that led the way for humans to fly more into space and even make it to the moon. One of those pioneering tortoises. But if only they could have got a cute-eared bear on that. that I, <laughs> well, would it have killed them to get one cute-eared? No. Just find one cute-eared. People would have gotten behind that. Tortoises can be kind of kind of grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Just especially saying. after you shoot them to the moon and back. They're not, they're not going to be <laughs> too like, happy with what the hell is going on? <laughs> Did not sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they missed the opportunity with that one. Bears, yeah, they might not have fit in the space capsule, but... Uh... <laughs> Anyway, Zond 5 mission to the moon, tortoises around the backside of the moon and then back. Love it. From our home studios and Cincinnati Public Radio, I'm Dean Regis and this is Looking Up. And I'm Anna Heeman, and we're from the oldest public observatory in the United States, the Cincinnati Observatory. Dean's the astronomer, and I handle the operations. We share the wonders of the universe with thousands of people every year, and now we're doing the same through this podcast. We love talking to astronauts and scientists, authors, and other colorful characters about topics in astronomy and space science. Today, we're excited to welcome the head keeper from the Cincinnati Zoo, Cody Sowers. This is, this is something I wanted to do. I'm taking credit for this episode because I was excited the penguins at the zoo were named Mars and Rover. Animals and space, a natural combination, two great tastes that taste great together or whatever. Animals and space. They're not yeah, going to space, though. The penguins are not going to space. I should be clear. They're not the tortoises. They're yeah, penguins in space. I mean, tortoise <laughs> is one thing, but penguins in space. Well, I don't know. I mean... Uh... Hmm, that would be awfully cute. That's for sure. I'm thinking about those. <laughs> oh my God, you guys cut this all out. I don't know what's wrong with me. I was thinking about when you said that, Dean, the penguins from the movie Madagascar. 
Have you ever seen that movie? Of course you have. No, I haven't. Like, I wish I could share four, in this joy for a <laughs> They're like, they're penguins, but they're like, they have like a mission. I just got that image in my head and I've had a long day and it made me laugh. And anyway, penguins going to space. And they, oh my God, I can't. I can't. Okay. Just the thought of penguins in space well, just then, cracks like, you up. Well, yeah. And then like piloting. <laughs> stuff because these penguins in madagascar in the movie are incredibly capable they have they have a major plan well i <laughs> i i think it probably is not based on a real life story but uh That's there fair. were <laughs> there were lots of uh lots of experiences lots of examples of animals flying through space just the the, the zond mission that was just the one that was kind of like let's put all this stuff together um, but right. you know, the, the first one that went into space, this is kind of the, the most famous one. The first uh, creature to go into space was Laika the dog. Laika. This if is I have another dog, I might name it Laika. I like that name a lot. I think so too. I mean, so Laika is this from the Soviet Union. They just launched Sputnik one, the, mm -hmm. the, 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 just the probe that went around the earth. Uh, and so just a few weeks later, they put a dog in one and send it up around the earth. And it circles the earth quite a few times and Laika becomes kind of this little folk hero. And, uh, and she was a homeless dog, wasn't she? Exactly. She was picked up from the streets of Moscow, put into a space training program, <laughs> taught how to eat from a eat and go to the bathroom in a closed space. And uh, yeah, I don't think they put her in like the, you know, that thing that spins around the you know, I centrifuge. Hope not. So, but little but, baby. But these animals had to experience this great G-forces as they're launching off uh, space. And so it was testing these things out. So unfortunately, Laika did not survive the flight. It was uh, it was meant from the beginning to be a one-way flight. And so that's the, the, the kind of tragic part about Laika was this was this rush to get things up into space without really... It's like, you know, they threw this dog up there and then it was like, well, I guess we'll just see what happens. Uh, but this yeah, is she bumming me out. I want you to I know, know that. I was on a high because we were talking about penguins, and now I'm thinking about poor past Leica. I know, such a I good know. job. And so this, you know, definitely made people really stop and think. You know, how are we treating animals in scientific endeavors like this? And, yeah. and even the the Soviet scientists were really kind of bummed out by this and just saying, you know, this wasn't. This was not worth it to do this. And so for all the other ones, at least for the Soviet Union and for us, they were all recovery missions that they would all come back to Earth. Uh, so uh, one of uh, I, one of my favorites from uh, from the American uh, space program was Baker. This was a, a, a little monkey that they put in a rocket that went up into space and uh, came back down. And I mean, again, I'm, I'm a space guy. I don't know about uh, animals. But this monkey then lived to be 29 years old uh, on Lord. Earth. I know. I mean, it's like, uh, is that what monkeys live? I guess that's what they live. It seemed, seemed high to me, but that was pretty good. Um, and then you have, there's this other mission, Sputnik 5, another Soviet mission where it launched two dogs, Belka and Strelka. Right. Plus, also cute names. Plus a rabbit, 40 oh. mice, and two rats up into space. I feel like that was just like uh, like a food chain. Like, well, things get weird. You guys eat the rabbit. If the rabbit gets hungry, the I mean, is that what? What right. is that about? What's a well, weird combination of animals? Yeah, they missed the cat in there. I guess they didn't. Oh yeah, uh, put cat it, been, no. You know, as a cat owner, I can see why they did not put cats in space. 
No, that was not going to happen. If you've tried to put a cat in a carrier, you know what it's going to be like. Going to the vet. Imagine trying to put that in a rocket. <laughs> Just put it in like a pillowcase and like toss it in the thing. Like here, go, yeah. go ahead. Here you yeah, go. So that oh is that is a, that is one omission of all the space missions. Nobody, as far as I can tell, <laughs> launched a cat in orbit. I think there was a cat that uh, went up in a high balloon or a, a little rocket, but not these big big missions. That's for no, sure. No, I feel like the but, cat. No, not good. And safe to say, all of the uh, creatures made it back. Uh, Belka and Strelka made it back. The rabbit made it back. And uh, so that was a, a successful one. Um, but I That's think nice. the, they've got I, things got better. Yes, exactly. And the, the, the safety on these got a lot better after this. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were still some accidents with some of these and it, you know, it, it's still, you know, thinking, all right, well, sending animals into space, is this really worth it? Um, the, the one thing that was, uh, the one mission that other stands out for me is the one where these two dogs and other Soviet spacecraft, uh, mm -hmm. they like to use dogs versus us, which we like to use monkeys or chimpanzees. And, um, they had, uh, two dogs that were in space for 22 days, both what? came back to earth, recovered safely. Imagine that you're 22 days in space. Uh, as dogs, just wondering what in the world is going on here. You're weightless for all this time. You're in your little space harnesses. And, and I mean, just uh, this was a record for space travel for a decade. Like no humans broke that record until Skylab, till, uh, you know, we had a space station up there. So this was the longest space flight uh, of any creature for a long, long time. And, Wait. uh, did they have little spacesuits for them? Uh, it was a pressurized cabin, I assume. I mean, I, oh, they couldn't okay. have like a helmet on. I mean, it was just would have been all pressurized, and so they just had food and water at at pause reach, I guess, and uh, <laughs> and uh, or mouths reach. <laughs> pause I don't know. Reach. Okay. So they they had it all there, and uh, but uh, man, I just I can't imagine. I mean. Uh, and, you know, we've been through quarantine and all, but 22 right. days in a little space capsule. No. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so those were some of the, at least my, uh, uh, my highlights of the uh, animal space program. And so, uh, yeah, so now we got to try to convince our guest here to send the penguins into space. Nah, yeah. I mean, we don't think we, I don't well, think we should Well, maybe, maybe they could just... Be little ambassadors for the space, like like the next mission with people. The little penguins march first and take all the people up to the rocket or whatever. Oh, there the we spaceship. go. So yeah, so they're just like you can hold their little flipper hands yeah. as they walk you up to the space, and then they like exactly. shove you into the exactly. space. <laughs> like the penguins from Madagascar. Is that what they, the penguins? They're, they're very sinister. These the, whatever listeners know what I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. The point is. They are hilarious. I'm going to get you a DVD. You should probably still have a DVD player. No offense, but you probably mm. do. And I'm going to go, you're going to watch Madagascar and you're going to crack up. These penguins are hysterical. But anyway, yeah. So the penguins lead the astronauts up. They shove them with a flipper. The other flipper, they slam the door shut, send them off to space and wish them good luck. And then the other penguin back in mission control puts his flipper on the button, <laughs> the red button, and it launches off into space. Is that how it's going to work? I think that'd be great. That's a great idea. Any chance you have that on VHS? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was being kind by saying a DVD player. You're right. VHS. You're right. Let me find a tape of it and I'll send yeah. it to you. You're going to yeah. love it. Rewind the part with the 
penguins. Amazing. They're so they're so funny, but these penguins at the zoo, I bet, are much fuzzier and sweeter. Oh yeah. They wouldn't they would never do that to the, you know, oh man, we could <laughs> we could totally ask uh ask Cody about this. What do penguins do at night? You know, I mean, are they uh yeah, are they tricksters or all this stuff? I don't know. That's right. Um, you know what else I want to ask though, too, while we're having our little chat here. What animal would you travel to space with? Let's say you're going to let's say Mars. We'll keep it simple. No, 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 no. Yeah, Mars. Okay, Mars. Like several months, several times, like a long time. Who, what kind of animal are you taking with you? Or is there a specific animal you take with you? Ooh, that's a tough one. Just asking. I would want something small. That's fair. That is not uh, too messy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you're not thinking about like companionship and like snuggleability or like don't mess up the, the capsule. Right. Yes. Something that would like weightlessness. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking small. Uh, mouse or rat sounds pretty good to me. I'd go with that. Uh, I did. Some of your own... cats are like, you jerk. No, my cats would be, thank you. No way am I going to Mars. Are you crazy? <laughs> you can't get me in the car. That's a forgetting going to Mars. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. So you're thinking pragmatically. I like that. And you, okay. and you would definitely take your dog. I would probably take Amos. I mean, he would be an absolute unholy terror like he is every other day of the week, every other instance of life he's in. But he does love me and I talked to him a lot already. So it'd be somebody to like kind of hang out with. And he is very soft and and cuddly. I think he would dig it. I got to tell you. I think he would, too, actually. Yeah. And meeting him, he's a very easygoing, uh, right. at least from what I can tell, at least yeah. on the surface. On the surface. He hides it well. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Well, as we continue searching the universe for signs of life, we're pretty confident that we won't run across any penguins on Neptune. However, the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden recently paid tribute to NASA's ongoing exploration of the Red Planet by naming two newborn penguins, Mars and Rover. We were really curious about how this came about, so we're excited to welcome Cody Sowers, the head keeper from the Cincinnati Zoo. Cody, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks guys for having me. So I've always wanted to ask uh, zookeepers there, uh, zookeepers, this, tell us a little bit about your, your typical day at the zoo. I mean, are you just going like past all the animals? You're like, all right, tiger, check, lion, check, <laughs> elephant, check. I mean, what's your typical day like at the zoo? Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty funny. Um, a typical day, there there really isn't a typical day <laughs> for what we do. Um, it is funny, though, you're talking about walking by all the different animals. Um, you do really get desensitized to being around a lot of these really amazing animals. And I have to, like, refresh myself pretty regularly that elephants are, in fact, really cool. You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I try to walk around the zoo and think about it like being a kid. You know, when you're a kid, you're excited about everything. When you're at the zoo every day, you're like, oh, okay there's the elephants and they smell, or, you know, there's the birdhouse and they smell, but you know, a typical day though, um, we do a lot of cleaning. So we, you know, we clean up a lot of poop. That's a, that's a big deal for us. We do a lot of paperwork. Um, that's one part that people don't really think about, but every animal that you see at the zoo has an individual file and we have to do lots of updating to those files and all of that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, we're basically anything you can think about with managing these animals. That's that's a pretty typical day for, for us at the zoo. Well, obviously, these baby penguins are so adorable. They're so like 
fuzzy. I love them, obviously. Um, can you tell us a little bit uh, kind of about what kind of penguins they are? And then uh, maybe a little bit about how you how you typically name uh, your baby animals at the zoo? Yeah. So Mars and Rover are part of our little blue penguin colony, which is down at Rue Valley. So our new exhibit that we built during 2020. Uh, it's a, kind of the big kangaroo exhibit. Uh, a lot of people know for the kangaroos, which at the birdhouse, we're like, eh, you know, they're they're big, weird rat looking things. They're not really like too exciting <laughs> to us bird keepers. But little blue penguins, really, really fantastic penguin species. They're the smallest penguin species found on the planet. They're from Australia and New Zealand. Um, our naming process, we have a bunch of different ways about how we go about it, but uh two major themes that we have with our colony. We have a food theme and we have a car theme. And then it just so happened, you know, the, the rover on Mars kind of happened around the same time these guys hatched. And we were like, hey, you know, Mars and rover make complete sense. We're all really big science <laughs> geeks here at the zoo. And we thought, you know, this makes perfect sense. Let's, uh, let's do this. And we also hit both of our themes as well. So, you know, tribute to the Mars rover and NASA. And then, you know, we, you have Mars candy and you have Rover for like Land Rover. So it oh, worked yeah. out like across all boards. <laughs> well, and the, the penguin environment is, uh, is pretty extreme. I mean, not maybe as bad as Mars, but, uh, what, what's the, what's the, what are penguins like? Like, what are their, uh, what, what do they want in their environment that, uh, is a little unique? Yeah. So penguins are really, really weird when you really start thinking about them, start reading about them. <laughs> There are 17 different species found worldwide, and only five of them need snow and ice. And that's kind of an odd concept because a lot of times in popular culture or any sort of media, you look at penguins and you see snow and ice, anything penguin-related. Um, but with little blue penguins from Australia, they are never around snow and ice. So they like a warm climate. I always like to joke their preferred habitat is my preferred habitat. It's a flat, sandy beach. It's, uh, you know, that's why we have an outdoor exhibit for them here at the zoo, and that's uh, why you don't see them in the wintertime running around in the snow. Well, that definitely doesn't sound like Mars. Uh, well, although there's a lot of flat, sandy areas, that's for yeah, sure. But, right? uh, there's a lot of beach there. Just <laughs> Not a lot of water around the beach. <laughs> but some water, we've, as we found. So That's right. Maybe. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, the, we've noticed at the observatory that people have really been into the Mars rover, and it's really exciting what we're kind of seeing in some of the things that are coming, uh, images and things that are coming back. Um so obviously, Cody, we have to ask you if you would have any interest personally in traveling to Mars and like checking it out. Do you have you thought about it? Maybe yes, no. What are your thoughts? That that that's a fantastic question. Um, I would love to do that. I think mm -hmm. that'd be great. Um, if you really think about the planet Earth, there's really not too much left to explore, with the exception of the ocean. Honestly, mm -hmm. when you think of landmass, there's really not too many places that humans haven't been. So to be able to go someplace brand new and explore, that would be, that would be awesome. As long as I could take my mountain bike, I think I would be good to go. Oh, there you go. That's actually sounds kind of amazing. Yeah. Right. So I have to ask too, since, you know, this is so exciting. I, I love the zoo. I've loved it since I was little and I need to know if there are going to be any other plans for any other astronomically named animals at the zoo or are there currently? And if not, Sub question, will you consider naming the new baby sloth something astronomical? Because <laughs> I'm really excited for that baby sloth. Yeah, you know, I don't for birds, there's really not too much uh not too much space theme going on with uh, a lot of our birds, which we can mm -hmm. definitely change that because that would be that'd be kind of cool. I I really like astronomy and all of all of this 
space themed stuff. I think it's pretty fascinating. I'm like, for me as a bird geek, mm -hmm. I'm always kind of uh, slightly annoyed. There's not many like constellations that are bird themed. I know we have like Cygnus, right? Isn't that right. the swan? But I mean, there's really not too much else bird themed up there. And it seems That's like true. there really should be. So uh, I can change, you know, some bird naming stuff. If you guys can change some constellations, that would be fantastic. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we I'll can add some it. into there. <laughs> yeah, for the sloth there. I mean, if the sloth were in our department, it would be an easier sell. But I, I'm, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people uh, having certain names um, getting ready to throw out for that thing. Yeah, I just wanted to put it out there. But I appreciate that you would be willing oh, yeah, if, if we would meet you halfway. So I think that's that's a huge first step. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we can throw in Aquila the Eagle. That's a constellation. There's a there's a Phoenix constellation in the southern sky. And uh, mm. another one that used to be called a Vulture. And there was an Owl constellation that's defunct also. Uh, oh, uh, just get me started. I'll, I'll find you a bunch of those. For <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be really cool. And it, it, it's typical, though. You know, birds are always on the back burner of everybody when they come to the zoo. Everybody loves the big mammals. So, you know, the constellations are no different, right? That's right. That's right. Well, so, uh, so Cody, what do we have coming up at the zoo for folks to look forward to? Yeah, there's a, a variety of things coming online. I mean, you know, the, the zoo is opening up more and more here and here and there as, as we progress through, uh, 2021. Uh, we do have some events coming up, you know, um, zoo la la is coming up. Of course, Zufari will be coming up. That'll be, a, a probably a little bit different than like last year was all virtual. So I would imagine there'll be some in-person aspect of that this year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the, the encounters are starting up at the birdhouse. We do a lot of behind the scenes tours. So those are, those are going right now. Uh, we have a variety of penguin tours. And then we also have a new thing that should be online this summer, which is a day of experience where you can actually feed the African penguins. So that's a pretty exciting time for us. And that's taking a lot of hard work, but it's still, uh, still pretty cool. What do those penguins eat? Yeah, it's all fish. Oh. And we're, we're feeding a variety of fish. I mean, we go through a lot of fish at the zoo, so it's about 66 pounds a day. So oh basically, you'll sign up for that tour. You'll go to a special VIP area at our new African Penguin Point, and you'll uh, throw fish to penguins and also cormorants, which are super cool birds as well. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time and telling us a little bit about uh, Mars and Rover and what's going on at the <laughs> zoo. This is, uh, we always like to talk about earthly things every once in a while too and this is a perfect tie-in and fuzzy animals <laughs> yeah well thanks for having me guys this is fantastic this is fun thank, thank you. you our thanks to cody sowers from the cincinnati zoo for joining us today and telling us all about mars and rover the new baby penguins you'll find a link to the zoo on our website wvxu.org slash looking up All right. Well, we like to feature some other fun space questions. Sometimes we do kid questions. Sometimes they're adults questions, whatever. But uh, going along with our theme of animals in space uh, and the potential for maybe other cute animals or beings, where, Dean, would you say in the solar system we could look for life? Maybe penguins, maybe other cuddly things, maybe you know, whatever, where's our best chance? 
I love how you're thinking about alien life as always cute and cuddly versus about 99% of the population would always say these would be the most disgusting uh, blobs of things. But yet in your mind, the aliens all look like your pet dog, basically. Yeah, That's all. Or that penguin, or that penguin, I'm sorry, or that you know alien and men in black, the little baby penguin. Or bit, God, I have to stop it. Okay, forget that. Okay, let me go back. Um, yeah, or like the little alien from like Men in Black when like the, the alien has a baby. It's like a little baby alien, remember? And he little like tentacles. Right. So that's, that <laughs> no, would be. You're uh, thinking of it like Alien the movie where it like drips oh, yeah. out of the guy's stomach. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm okay. thinking of something disgusting, uh, repulsive, uh, <laughs> you don't want to meet in a dark alley kind of thing. Well, that's pessimistic of you. I, yeah. And so, but the, that is, that is pretty cool that, uh, yeah, I, that would be great if we could find that out there. Right? There's, there's, Three, maybe four places in our solar system where we'd want to look carefully for this stuff. And, you know, the 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 popular one is Mars, that's for sure, because of mm-hmm. uh, all the missions we're sending to Mars. We're looking for ancient signs of life, some fossils, things like that buried in the in the sand. And that's the main one of the main things that the Perseverance rover is looking for is maybe there was fossils uh, put to, in this riverbed that was uh, that's been covered over. Hmm. Uh, so if there's life on Mars, it'd be underground right now. It would probably be small and probably single celled. So not very, uh, not, uh, cute, cuddly little bears. That's for sure. That'd be pretty tough. But if we want to, if I was a betting person, uh, I mean, Mars is is still an intriguing spot and that it had water on its surface for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. You know, finding a fossil is a possibility. Finding life there is a pretty good long shot. But if I was going to say somewhere, I'd go with Europa. This is a moon of Jupiter. This is a a water-covered moon with lots and lots of water and had more liquid water possibly in this moon than we have on Earth. It's just covered by a a mile or two thick uh, layer of ice. And so this is what we have to do is to go to Europa, drill through the ice, and see what's swimming around in the ocean. Could there be stuff swimming in the ocean? Fish, kelp, <laughs> seaweed, sharks, Not mega sharks. Those are cute, like baby seals. Baby seals. Well, something that probably doesn't breathe oxygen, oh. Oh, <laughs> so okay. it have right, to be right, right. have to be a sea creature of some sort. Uh, what's a cute sea creature? Starfish. How about starfish? Okay. No, not so much. Not so much. I'll I'll, I'll try to get there at the surface. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, so you're you're definitely uh, not in uh, on the Europa uh, bandwagon. I appreciate <laughs> the effort that right. what you're trying to do. I did not think it was going to be a. I thought it was make like a planet, but you're even talking like not even a planet, like a moon. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and that, a moon the, covered in ice is the best we can do. That's that is that is still the you know, and this is our our bias is we're looking for places where there's water because where there's water on Earth there's life. Right. So these are the places that we would you know gravitate to. Like this, there's another moon of Saturn called Europa called Enceladus that would mm-hmm. uh, be another place that there's water. Um, there's some other moons like uh, Ganymede and uh, there's Titan, which is an interesting place. But uh, we maybe we need to look at other forms of life. There could be things that don't work on water, that they work with something else and things that we wouldn't even be able to recognize. And Hmm. who knows what alien life could look like. uh, Could be cute. uh, 
<laughs> always the optimist could be cute. <laughs> I was just I was just about to say the exact opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> could bite your head off in one snap, but it could be cute. That's right. So so there's there's it's very exciting because if we would have had this discussion maybe 25, 30 years ago, mm-hmm. nobody probably would have said, let's look in our solar system for life. That just the or the initial uh looks at our planets and our moons, they just seemed so in and uninhabitable. Mm-hmm. And um now we're kind of turning that around. It's like, well, water is more prevalent in the solar system than we thought. And maybe we'll find something right in our own backyard. So uh, we will never know. We won't know, but until we find it. So let's keep searching. Let's do it and let's snuggle it when we do find it. There we go. Snuggle (laughs) it as much as you possibly can. see what happens. You get get to be first in line for that. (laughs) I volunteer as tribute. That's it for this episode of Looking Up. Thanks so much to Cody Sowers for joining us today. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast, Looking Up, wherever you get your audio. And if you're an Apple Podcast user, we'd really appreciate a rating and a comment. That helps others to find us. Do you have any topic or guest ideas for us? We'd love to hear from you. Find us on Facebook or Twitter, or drop us a note at lookingup@wvxu.org. Our theme song and additional music is by Y, that's W-H-Y question mark, from their album Moline, courtesy of Joyful Noise Recordings and Terror Bird Media. Looking Up is a production of Cincinnati Public Radio. We're produced by Josh Elstro, and Jim Nolan provides additional web assistance. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Anna Heeman. And I'm Dean Regas. Keep looking up. <laughs>